All right, hey, welcome to Hit. This is Chris Ciccinelli, and we're talking everything high-intensity tactics for growth. And today, today's topic is gonna be fantastic. We're talking about casting movies and how it relates to success in business. Shawshank Redemption is gonna come up in this topic. I don't know why, one of my favorite movies ever, but we're gonna be talking a little bit about this today because it's time to get real on casting the right people to make your business success. Also, who better than a woman who has cast at movies, ran theaters for the last 25 years, and has seen Shawshank Redemption, and have you think of her? Please welcome to hit Miss Myers. How are you doing? I'm great. I'm thrilled to be here. Thanks for having me. Well, I am awesome. I mean, I know right now you're working at the Ensemble Theater in Cincinnati, you I know, am. doing a lot of stuff. And also just got, came over from, you know, producing the show for the opera coming up. We just had our first workshop for a new opera this summer. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, hey, listen, I am. I was, you know, as I went through all your bio and going through this, I mean, I was uberly impressed. And uh, <laughs> I, I'm sitting here thinking, geez, so please, I need to work with my publicist on so making sure that this looks like... <laughs> I was like, okay, I can't wait to get get, get to interview her today. Yeah. So, um, all right, give us kind of a give, give us a brief background on uh, 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 on in a brief. I was like, um, this is like telling the encyclopedia to like go down to a couple pages. Oh so. no, there's no way for me to go but down from that intro. I mean, I'm going to be a complete disappointment here. Um, native Cincinnatian, uh, grew up West Side, went to Thomas More College, uh, and started for a decade at Cincinnati Playhouse, and then went everywhere, never expecting to be back in Cincinnati except for the holidays. You and I share the same thing. Yeah, never thought I'd be back. Boomerang, uh, like I couldn't, can't even tell you. Uh, I came back uh, all these years ago for th- a three-month job to try to help close Ensemble Theater. Yeah. And instead, here we are successfully 25 years later. Uh, the house in California is in the path of wildfires, which is terrifying. But um, never thought I'd be back. But when I got back, I love my city. Uh, I mm-hmm. had the opportunity uh, throughout my travels to L.A., New York, and a lot of time in Canada, oddly enough. I directed mm-hmm. a lot in Canada uh, to end up doing not only a lot of stage directing, but a lot of film casting yeah. and a lot of television casting. And uh, it's my favorite job to give people jobs. I like working hard, so I get to work hard again tomorrow. Yeah, I, you know, I, I think it's interesting because people probably are going to listen to it and go, gosh, what is, you know, casting for movies and casting for TV has to do with anything with hit and, 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 and business and anything like that? I mean, it's so intertwined. Oh, completely. And Ensemble Theater wouldn't be here as a successful, really nationally known theater organization if we didn't cast the right people to run it. Yeah. And we have an incredible team. Yeah. So they're the cast that runs this theater. And that taught me a lot. Uh, and you have to make quick decisions in business as well as in the film industry and the theater industry. You don't get to think about casting or hiring somebody for six months. You know, you usually have about three hours, you know, to line up your best candidates and make a choice. And some of that's instinct and some of it is just practice. You know, but here's the thing with everything that's going on today, everybody wants you to take uh, the this test or yeah. this personality test or that test. You have three hours to make a decision right. on 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 somebody for a starting role, starting position inside of, of the play, TV show, whatever it might be. I mean, Yes, you've been doing it for a long period of time, you know, and, and you think about it. But how how does one make those decisions? I mean, is it you know is it is is it intuitive? Well, I think part of it's intuitive, but a lot of it has to do with people being honest. You know, it's interesting. Uh, I tell actors, don't pretend to be the character. You know, you show me what you'd do if you were in this person's shoes. Yeah. And I, in business, I do the same thing. You know, I get to know the person. The resume's great. You know, all of the references are great. But you know when you meet somebody, if they look you in the eye, yeah. you know if they're honest, you know if it feels right. And if it doesn't feel right, 
over years of doing this, I walk away. Yeah. And sometimes I get criticized a lot for not making an obvious choice. But inevitably, the non-obvious choice seems to be the coolest one. I'm looking at, at a team that I work with now. Most of my team's been with me for over 10 years. That's yeah. amazing in this time to it, keep people for over a decade. But it's about you know having a good chooser. Yeah. I think companies go down when they just have bad choosers. <laughs> uh, you know what? I've had a, I've had some bad choosers. I'm not gonna lie to you, but I have to. I, I, but That's you know how what? I learn. That you do. You learn, and and you know now I have the process that I don't hire anybody anymore unless I'm actually in that room. Right. If I have to come to work every day and I have to be with the team of, of folks that are gonna be here that are gonna be you know uh, an extension of myself to uh-huh. my sales force or my team, I want to know who they are. I want to know. Everybody's like, why do you want to talk to a customer service rep? I'm like. <sighs> Uh, because mm-hmm. she's going to be answering the phone mm-hmm. and she's going to be talking to a customer. So, you know, and I, I think that I probably hired some bad characters or bad actresses or bad actors. Um, we all do. Oh, I have um, lists. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but but the good news is, is that you try to get more right, right. than wrong. You um, do. So, all right. So let me ask you this question. So how does, how does film casting relate to businesses and what have you learned that you could share with business owners and entrepreneurs? Well, I think instinct is if you're, if you're a business owner, you care about that. That's yeah. your livelihood. That's that's, you know, that's the core of what makes you a family, the people you work with. And you think about it, we're with the people we work with as much, if not more, than our families. Yeah. And that may not be a good decision, but it's true. <laughs> it's just true. Uh, I spend a lot more time in, in the building at Ensemble and in uh, in casting rooms for films than I do in my backyard. Yeah. So um, so you have to surround yourself with like-minded people and people who will challenge you. So so if you think about people, everything's great, everything's great. That's probably not the person to hire. What's, what's great is, is in an interview, um, it, it whether it's for a film or whether it's for a job, you know, I want to say, well, what do you think we could do better? Or what did you like about this? Or what didn't you like about that? Or what doesn't make sense to you? Uh, if they challenge me, if they have a good conversation, then I know they're just not somebody who's going to go, yeah, 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 because we don't need that. Mm-hmm. We don't need that in a film. We don't need that in a theater. We certainly don't need that in business. Yeah. And and the film industry is an enormous business. It's an enormous business. It brings so much money to this region, the arts uh, is a spectacular uh, economic engine for this for this area. I mean, uh, I very proud that Ensemble Theater really helped transform over the Rhine. Yeah. It did. 35 years in that location. I wasn't here 35 years, but the theater was. Mm-hmm. You know, we've gone from ghost town to you know Saturday night place to be. Heck, Tuesday night place to be. But how do you, but you do that by having the right team of people that are around you that are like, yeah, I'll take the challenge of that dealer on the corner. I'll yeah. help you figure that out. I'll help you figure out what to do about, you know, the people who can't afford a $10 hot dog. How mm-hmm. do we get them into the theater? Mm-hmm. And in a film, you have to look at the fact that these people live together. When you're making a film, it may be six to eight weeks of intense togetherness with everybody from the scout who checks the locations out to the head of the film commission to the lead actress to somebody who's an extra in one scene. So what you have to do is you have to pick people that you would want to be with Mm -hmm. in a confined location for six to eight weeks. People that are going to show up, people that are going to care, people that make it about the project as opposed to about them. Mm -hmm. And they get jazzed by what they can bring to the project. You know, but let me ask you this question because I was reading uh, Simon Sinek had a book, uh, you know, starts with a Y, and 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 it talks about somebody setting sail and and they get stuck and you know six months out they're on this iceberg and you know they were actually stuck until you know twelve months out there nobody died nobody whatever but he said it was because 
the way they marketed for the job, the way they told it, like if you're looking for, you know, low pay, <laughs> no possible chance of not coming home, mm -hmm. uh, you know, being truthful up front. And he goes, and not one person, everybody, we all made it home. Right. And it's the same thing. It's like how how employers sometimes need to be a little bit more honest with the job mm -hmm. and be like upfront. Like I always tell people, it's not an easy place to work. It's fast paced. Right. You know what? We're, we, we spend more time. I use the same thing. We spend more time here, you know, with each other than we do with our families. Mm -hmm. And I think if we, if those are properly set up and people know what they're walking into and the expectations, I'm on, I'm on that same point. You, you just have to be honest. Yeah. You have to be honest and you're going to know from the look yeah. in their eye, you're going to know if they want a nine to five gig don't come here yeah i mean like nobody i mean like that, that the nine to five thing that, that i think that left with dolly parton and that in that, so. that movie i mean that, that there's just we are we were i was just talking to mary stagman uh that today and the nine to five thing is done i mean it's no done. nobody i mean we are all uh, people are searching for work-life balance they're i'm like you have one life and and just live it to the best right. that you possibly can it you know is important and that's that was one of my life lessons I, I completely and totally because it's a seven day week. There's no, oh. you know, there's no breaks. I mean, how many people do you know that take, you know, summer vacations? I mean, that's Not all what used to ones. be. No. That, no, it doesn't happen. And if the first thing somebody asks you is, well, what's the schedule? Then just move on. Just <laughs> get on to the next person because I can't tell you. My I HR people, my, my HR people get frustrated because when somebody goes, so what's the vacation time? And I say, I don't know. <laughs> right. They're like, well, that's part of the compensation plan. I said, well, I don't really know because I don't really, you know, that's not how my mind works. Well, and we can't live in the future. No, I mean, no. You know, we can't tell, oh, yeah, February is going to be really light. Well, you know what? February might be the toughest month that any company is going to have. I think, oh, film production in the winter will be slow. No, no, no. I'm casting Christmas Eve. I had a casting session two years ago, <laughs> you know. New Year's Day, we were having casting sessions. Why? People were off work. Yeah. So they could come in. Yeah. So happy New Year. Yeah. And, yeah. and, and do you know, what it takes. You, you have to. And, and I'm looking at this, you know, so you've often taken a lot of risk in your career. Mm -hmm. I mean, you've worked a lot. You've done a lot of different stuff. What would you say is one of the, the biggest risks that you've done and your advice uh, on risk taking? Well, the biggest risk I took was coming back. Uh, frankly, that's to be true. I was doing really well in L.A., had a great life. You know, all that stuff was going well. Uh, but I came back and I got so angry I had to stay. Yeah. And then I had this opportunity to do work with a social conscience in over the Rhine in my hometown mm -hmm. where I used to run around at Finley Market as a kid, yeah. you know, when my grandpa worked there. Um, it was just too cool of an opportunity and I risked everything. Enormous financial sacrifice enormous loss of connections that I had built over years in LA and New York you know all of that I was like well I'm going to trade all that away for the 1100 block of Vine Street and I didn't the truth is I was wrong I mean yeah there were a lot of hits and it was a lot of my life over a third of my life I've been there but uh, but the deal was the reward was so incredibly different it may not have been financial it may not have been schedule it was mm -hmm. really long hours and really no pay and really tough neighborhood but i had this freedom to make something out of something that was going to go away yeah who gets that shot mm -hmm. you know it was the biggest risk because i really did a lot of stuff by the book mm -hmm. you know yeah. work my way up work that credit score do all that stuff yeah. and then you come in and you blow it all up and and uh <laughs> and, and i'm happy yeah. and i think that had i not taken that really big risk with the rest of my career, essentially. Yeah. Um, I don't know where I'd be, yeah. but I really doubt that I'd feel this good.
Yeah. You know, it goes back to your purpose, right? It's mm -hmm. like it's a higher being. A lot of people do things for money. A lot of people do things for fame. Sometimes you do things for purpose, right. you know, and, and your purpose was 1100 uh, Vine. It, right. I, I want to see this thing that I know and, and, and have affection to, to be able to, to rise the Phoenix, right? right. Rise from the ashes. Cause it was pretty much dead. It was really it was bad. Yeah. And then it got worse. Yeah. So it was really bad in the late nineties and then a one happened and it got much worse. Yeah. So, but you have to be in to ride it all the way, which is what you look for when you hire people. And when yeah. I look for when I cast people, um, and you know, I just was in, yeah. I just threw it all in, you know, uh, because uh, because of the potential and the potential now is, you know, what we've achieved is great. But oh, my gosh, what can come in the future? But that's the thing with and, that, and, and try to just to do this because you're running a business, right? Mm -hmm. And you're and you have this. That's what I see too many business owners. They give up way too soon. They do not oh, yeah. know how far the bottom is. Most people give up halfway and they're like, oh, my God, the pain is too hard. I don't want to do it. And then you know what? They never see the bounce back. They don't mm -hmm. see the possibilities. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I speak to business owners all the time. And 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 when I when I looked at this and I and I went through it, I was like, man, this is a story of like grit just sticking it sticking it out moving and 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 being part of absolute change a lot of people don't have that appetite for but it's the best appetite to have yep. because you're never filled no <laughs> you know you're never satisfied you yep. just want to go oh that was a great course bring on the next one you mm -hmm. know yeah and you know i'm gonna wait forever for dessert because yeah. because you just get you just get so rewarded and filled by every day yeah and at the end of the day i think to be completely wiped out because you gave it your all is a great feeling it, 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 it and it is and we have a lot of business owners that listen to this a lot of uh you know female entrepreneurs that are they're out there every day and, and there's so many times that they feel Feel that you know there are so many doors that are shut in front of them and the opportunity like man I'm not making it I don't feel like I'm I'm making a difference I'm running the kids I'm running you know um, I'm running my business I'm trying to run my significant other I got family members all this the thing of balance today is just it you know it's too many people put too much pressure on themselves right. uh, I feel like to try to be everything they possibly can I mean how, how do you deal with you know doing a bunch of different activities community ensemble theater being a female entrepreneur it's it's uh it's it's recognizing it'll never be balanced uh -huh. and and that doesn't mean that's a cop-out it just means that the urgency of the moment and the urgency that gets me to a better next moment is what I do and sometimes that's you know hey you know what I need to go home and spend the evening with my mom mm -hmm. I need to do that yeah. uh, or you know what I need to go sit in my car and sing as loud as I can very badly along with the radio because I got to get this angst out of me so I can go back in there and be a human being to yeah. the people that are working with me. Yeah. Um, it is it is about knowing that you got to try to do it all mm -hmm. and be you marvel at what you do, but you, you also have to give yourself credit for doing it. Yeah. If you have 12, and I'm a big list maker, you yeah. know, so if I have 12 things on the list and I get through four, instead of feeling like I'm a failure, I have to go, great, Good. I'm down to eight. You yeah, know, yeah. And, and then tomorrow, the next day, I'll have yeah. more on it. But but you have to stop, take a breath and go, I, I got something done. Yeah. You know what? I did that. And I can't fathom uh, the, the, the parents with kids running. Yeah. I mean, soccer seems to be... I don't know. That seems to be like like changing the Constitution of the United States. It is so incredibly, <laughs> enormously time-consuming soccer yeah. uh, that my hat's off to anybody who does the soccer runs. Yeah. Uh, but at the end of that game, and you tuck that kid in, it's got to feel great. Yeah. I mean, I sit back and I'm thinking, you know, there's just so many things that are, you know, you see business owners today. All right. What is one of your favorite projects you've ever worked on? 
Well, I, I mean, we did mention Shawshank yeah, I know. I, I mean, it was the first movie, okay? okay. The first movie. Um, somebody asked me to be involved in casting uh, for a couple little things before that, but then all of a sudden this, this <coughs> movie comes up that um, I was happened to be in L.A. at the time I was given the script by Deb Aquila, who did the principal casting, and I sat on the Paramount lot because I was so starstruck that I was on the Paramount lot in a car sitting there. I thought I was so cool. Uh, I sat in the lot and read the script, and I'm sobbing. And I go back into her office an hour later and she looks at me and she's like, yeah. And I'm like, I just read this movie. I'll do this. I'll do anything to be on the, to work on this movie. I'll do anything for this movie. I'll do this movie for free. And she said, don't say that. <laughs> um, but, um, but it was the most extraordinary experience yeah. to see Frank Darabont's creation out of this novella of this brilliant Stephen King's mind into casting it non-traditionally. So the very first film I worked on cast Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman, who nobody believed could sell a movie. They thought they'd have to sell it just on Stephen King. Not like that was a small thing to sell no, it yeah, on. Yeah. But, you know, Red in the book was was a hot-headed Irishman. Yeah. And here comes Morgan Freeman. Yeah. You know? And Tim Robbins, you know, he's a fabulous actor actor and very politically active and all of that but he was going to play an innocent guy uh, yeah you know um but he had that vision and then all the all rest of that cast fell into it and we did auditions in the basement of a pet store in in um why can't I think Mansfield Ohio uh in 90 degree heat you know and we were seeing all these local actors and it smelled like you know no, dogs and cats really? and hamsters yeah. and the great producer, Marvin, uh, uh, Nikki Marvin, and Frank Darabont, this wonderful director, they sat in there with me. We got it done. And every day on that shoot, every day on that shoot was like, uh, I don't know, Christmas, Thanksgiving, New Year's, everything rolled into one day because these people were so dedicated. And it was just amazing. And then it turned out to be this incredible movie that sustains itself because it's about never losing hope. Yeah. So how cool to be part of a team and I do believe that's a movie for the ages. I oh. think that movie holds up. And I'm not just saying it because I love it. But, you know, that thing about having hope, we yeah. all need that. Uh, end of that movie makes me happy. I, I can't tell you how many times I've just played the end <laughs> just to go, yeah, yeah, Red got out. We can do it. You know, yeah, you, uh, you know it is. So it is you, the way you're saying that is absolutely true. It is one for the ages. I think it's on TNT or something. It's everywhere. AMC every, it's everywhere. every other weekend it, it's on. But but how, you know, you, you, when you sit back and you think about that in, in that room, you know, mm -hmm. casting, you know, how how much discussion was around the, the members and how did they think, how do they bring Morgan Freeman and, and, you know, you talk about those two actors together. How does how do they go? These are going to fit together like peanut butter and jelly. You know that's the that's an inspiration of a director. I mean that's that's Frank Darabont <laughs> who did the adaptation of the novella into the screenplay. That's his. You know he said when somebody said why would you hire Morgan Freeman? Do you know him? He said no, but if I were in prison, I'd want him to be my best friend. So that's wow. how much of a heart instinct goes into casting something. To me, that's one of the greatest stories. He didn't know that man. He hadn't met that man, but he looked at that man's work and he looked at that man's face and he thought, yeah, I'd want him to be my best friend. And sometimes you just have to go from your heart. Mm -hmm. You know, there are actors, uh, there's directors that, that have seen wonderful, wonderful actors, and uh, they've passed on them. And when I say why, they're like, yeah, they just didn't hit the accord with me. Or they reminded me of somebody that, you know, was negative in my life. So it's not always stand and deliver the best performance. It's just be the best you you are. And that gets you the job. That's awesome. 
what are some of the biggest takeaways that you've had from, you know, kind of running businesses, you know, and, and doing all this amazing work? <laughs> Stop thinking it's going to be okay. Yeah. I guess, you know, uh, it's great, but it, but it's never just calm and okay. Yeah. It's great. It's scary. You know, you go through your ups, you go through your downs. So I've stopped looking for the place where it's going to be fine and good. No, it's always going to be a challenge. Now I've started to get sort of like, high on the idea of that yeah. you know of what's next it's um it's really exciting to see what's next but it's also terrifying yeah. and i think the biggest thing too is to to make sure that you can't you can't eat failure every day oh. i have made oh. some huge mistakes huge mistakes but if i ate that failure and if i lived in the failure and if i lived of wow why if i just had made a different decision you know hindsight yeah It'll it'll not it'll completely fill you that you can't go forward. So I had to learn to let go of some of that. I'm still hard on myself, which I think everybody should be, but to the point you can't do the, to that to the point that you cripple yourself to be able to go forward. Because yeah. if you don't, the people around you that are depending on you can't, and you owe it to them, and you owe it to whatever that purpose is, whatever that business is, whatever that vision is, you owe it to not you know to not drown in your failure. Lynn, I'm telling you right now, I, I want you to come back. I've had so much fun talking to you. Um, and here, here's the thing. You've got a big project on, 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 on task right now at the opera. What, what's going on with that? <laughs> I know you came in. And I know that was a little off script, but I want to know because I think this is kind of fun. To, well, you, it's, it is fun and it's fascinating and uh, terrifying. Yeah. You know, opera directing, uh, a world premiere opera entitled Fierce uh, with Sheila, Sheila Williams' wonderful uh, libretto and uh, William Menefield score. Uh, it couldn't be cooler. It is a composite of 10 women from the Music Resource Center and a Wordplay that uh, Sheila and William worked with over these past several years, and they made four women composite, and it is fierce and about contemporary young women today, yeah. and uh, there's some trolls in it that are, you know, online trollers, and the, 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 the pressures that young women are facing, uh, it is so exciting, and Evans and the entire team at the opera has been so welcoming. And I can literally walk across the park from Ensemble <laughs> Theater to the Opera. I mean, it couldn't be a better gig. And that opens uh, mid-June. Oh, good. Well, mid -June. you know what? Mid-June. We, you know what? We will definitely be there because that would be something to, to see. We, again, appreciate your time coming in here. Thrilled you know, to be here. Thank you, Lynn Myers of the Ensemble Theater here in Cincinnati. Thank you. Thank you so much. Remember, you've always had the pen to change your chapters. Live life by design, not by default. Have a great day, everyone.